Hello and welcome to Witlit, the funny books podcast, where writers, comedians and publishing people talk about their favourite witty literature. I'm your host, Lily Linden. I'm an editor at Vintage Books and my debut novel, Double Booked, is publishing in June next year. Uh, I'll tell you about it uh, then, I guess. In today's Whitlet episode, I'm joined by two brilliant writers. Hannah Tovey is the author of The Education of Ivy Edwards and Is This It?, which is coming out next month. Helly Acton is the author of The Shelf and The Couple, which is coming out next week. Uh, yeah, so as excruciatingly worthy as the title feminist fiction sounds... Um, both Helly and Hannah write brilliant commercial women's fiction. So these are sort of books led by their relatable every woman characters about the particular conditions of being a single 30-year-old woman in the modern capitalist West. But as much as Helly and Hannah have in common, their characters, plots and writing processes are very different from each other. We talk here about the personal importance of writing funny dialogue, about how to write your second book without going insane, and about how a definitely legitimate part of their drafting is watching repeats of The Office. Hope you enjoy. I am Hannah. Um, I'm from a small town in South Wales, but we moved to Hong Kong when I was nine. So like Helly, that makes me an expat kid, because I think Helly is an expat kid as well. Yep. Um, deliberate theme <laughs> yes deliberate theme um, I spent my life in theatre hoping to make it as an actor but um, I have a stammer so the audition process becomes pretty freaking brutal um, with a stammer so um, hit that nail on the head but with writing conveniently don't stammer when you write so here I am <laughs> as a writer um my debut the education of Ivy Edwards came out in August 2020 in the midst of that glorious global pandemic <laughs> and um my second novel is this it comes out on the 22nd of July um and I've just started writing my third uh so yeah that's me in a nutshell Hi, I'm Helly, a Virgo. Um, I, uh, yeah, I am a bit of an expat kid. I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, um, but I moved over to the UK when I was 15 and finished school here down on the coast. Um, then moved to London, studied law at uni, absolutely hated it, um, so went into advertising um, and moved to Australia in my late 20s and then I actually became an advertising creative in Australia. So I became a copywriter, coming up with ideas for TV ads and that kind of thing. So that's when I first started writing. Um, so yeah, late 20s, and then moved back to the UK after a horrible but brief marriage. Um, and uh, yeah, I started writing my debut, The Shelf, um, a few, three years ago, four years ago now. Um, and that came out in July 2020. Um, and then I worked on the couple in the glorious global pandemic. Um, and that's coming out May 27th. So nice. Mm. It's so interesting that both of you came from like creative backgrounds that weren't writing. And then you sort of, was writing ever something that was sort of at the back of your minds that, oh, one day I'm going to do my novel, but, but not yet? Or did it sort of happen by chance? I've always written short stories, um, mm -hmm. plays with um, friends at school. And then in mm -hmm. university, I did theatre. 
this might come across, this might sound silly, but um, I'm really drawn to writing sharp, fast conversations because it's something I struggle with in, in my real life. I sometimes can't have those because I have a stammer. So it, on page, I find mm. it really refreshing to be able to write down those super sort of um, quick-witted um, mm -hmm. conversations between characters. And I've always been drawn to writing for screen. That's something that I absolutely want to do. Um, hopefully it'll be easier than novel writing because novel writing's bloody hard. But <laughs> I think that that certainly comes across in your books. One of my favorite parts about reading about Ivy was certainly just the, the conversations that you, you get down are so, are so great and so full of character. It's really interesting seeing like the parts of a novel that people feel the most at home in. And then yeah, sometimes the parts- I, I think, think it's why yeah. I always start from a point of character as well. I'd love to start from a concept, like Helly mm -hmm. is the concept mm -hmm. queen and I'd love to be a concept queen, but I just, maybe that's not in me. Maybe I'm always like, I'm trying to now start with a concept from my, third novel and it's mm. challenging in a very exciting way but I think because of my theatre background starting from a place of character comes more natural to me. Yeah and that, that makes sense because um, of my experience in advertising I was always mm. having to come up with concepts for ad ideas for campaign ideas and stuff which is probably why I think of a concept first mm. rather than the characters. Yeah. Um, and also in, in terms of my writing I'm very much much more focused on dialogue as well and I think that's where we're similar, Hannah. Mm, yeah. Um, sure. that I also like, I'm, I'm, I'm much better at writing long conversations, even if they're sort of quick and sharp. Um, I'm not, not as good at description. Or I don't really enjoy writing descriptive mm -hmm. language as much. I'm, I'm much for listening to people talk between each other. Mm, so I'm happy to come up with a concept and then I'll do the characters. And yeah. then it's much more, I mean, I have to sometimes in my writing stop myself from having just reams and reams of conversation and occasionally I have to go back and actually fit in some descriptions. And that's, that's probably a weakness of mine, actually, that I forget to describe things. <laughs> no, it's hard to do. It really is. Like often my feedback when I send um, chapters in to um, um, my writing pals, often the feedback is so you've just like described a person you haven't described their hair colour, their eyes, how tall they are. I'm like, okay, do I need to do that? It's like, yes, of course you need to, do. You need to add flavour, you need to add colour, like, yes. But then I'll write exactly what you just said, Helly. I'll write 10 pages of conversation. It's almost like you're writing the script, but not the casting. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I too have, I would love to get into film or TV writing as mm. well. The Shelf, of course, is um, in the world of, of television and reality television. And I wonder if we can use that uh, as, a, as a little, neat little segue. <laughs> the Shelf is a book about uh, society's obsession with reality television, uh, coupling up and settling down and comparing our lives to others. Um, and it follows um, our lead character, Amy, who thinks her boyfriend, Jamie, is uh, whisking her away on a dream holiday to propose to her. But in fact, she finds uh, herself dumped on the set of a new reality television show called The Shelf. And she's joined by five other women who've also been dumped in public. Um, and they, over the course of a few weeks, have to compete uh, in a series of really obnoxious and sexist challenges um, in order to be crowned the keeper at the end and to win a million quid. Um, and really the story is about uh, how awful those sexist challenges are, yes, but it's also about growing as people and sort of 
finding yourself and, and, and it's like a self-love story. Um, and then my next book, The Couple, which is out in May uh, this year, um, that's a story, that's a love story set in a loveless world. <laughs> it's set in an alternative reality where relationships have never existed, romance has never existed, um, and only very rarely are people in relationships or in couples. Um, and actually to be in a long-term relationship is considered a bit odd and taboo. Um, and then our lead characters, Millie and Ben, meet each other, sparks fly, um, and they get put to work together on a project um, where they're launching uh, a new drug called oxytocin, and it's the world's first antidote for love. You take it and it stops you from feeling heartbreak, but it means you'll never love again. So it's, um, it's really what happens to their relationship, and it's about really whether Millie... Um, whether she risks this whole wonderful single life that she has and that she's crazy for herself for love. So, yeah, that's the story. Oh, nice. Thank you Honestly, very much. Honestly, can't wait to read it. Also great proofs. Been seeing it all over the old Instagram recently. So nice. Yeah, no, it's so exciting and so terrifying. I'm so nervous about this book, I have to say. Second book. Second book. Second book. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Honestly, it's, it's just, I think there's so much pressure from the first one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like a fraud anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, yeah. I was like, oh God, they're going to find me out. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was a real battle to get through it, especially in the circumstances. Yeah. I feel like I've been zapped of creativity. It's like mm-hmm. the same person people every day you're not yeah. having that energy and um stimulation from the outside world it's incredibly difficult it really is going on the same bloody walk, walk every day, every day. <laughs> yeah yeah and I think writing a second book you know that whole second book syndrome is really real but yeah, writing really a second real. book in a pandemic was yeah bad boyfriends called Jamie oh yeah um <laughs> I really enjoyed seeing that um, familiar. No, do, do you have something against the name Jamie? It's really interesting. I really don't. And one of my <laughs> one of my best pals has just named her son Jamie. <laughs> she just had a baby. <laughs> and I, I won't say what I was about to say. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I love you know what? I love the name Jamie. I um I don't know why I called him Jamie. It's just one of the things I thought of and then I put it down and then you can't take it back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what it is to me? Because I actually, and this is kind of a compliment. I think Jamie's have always been good looking. And just yes, they have looking. always been good looking. They've always been good looking and therefore they might be assholes. Yes, I completely agree with you there. No. So different from a, a gym. Or so a different from a gym. Gym is lovely. <laughs> yeah um hannah would you would you tell us a little bit about i was going to call them your ivy series um do you think of them like that so writing book two was a as helly just said um excruciating because Mm. it's the second novel and that's always very difficult for multiple reasons but also obviously lockdown's made it very hard but also Mm -hmm. i with ivy's journey um I knew the character arc and I wanted to write um, because I thought it would be a really sort of empowering story for Mm. women who also were struggling with who they were and what they thought they ought to be. Saying that, if you write a sequel, you have to make it work as a standalone. And there's this really... uh, 
you're in danger of making it expositionally. Like you're just repeating things that happened in mm. in the education of Ivy Edwards. And my first couple of drafts, my editor just did like red lines, like you're repeating stuff. You can't say that. It was very, very hard to get to a point where I'm telling a story, but mm. I can't, you know, it has to stand um uh, as a novel in its in its own right and that was very challenging um but I mean I wanted to write it so I mean it's my own fault isn't it <laughs> yeah um the education of Ivy Edwards is a comedy set between South Wales and London and I describe it as the love child of Fleabag and Cavan and Stacey I think that's that's um, perfect yeah, thank you, Helly. Um, so with the beginning of the novel, um, Ivy's fiance breaks up with her in quite a um, brutal yet comedic fashion. And she spirals out of control. She does very questionable things with very questionable people. And the book's about kind of what happens when the rug is pulled out from under you. The self-discovery that comes with that. Um, and it deals with issues of loss and grief. There's a big... It is a comedy, um, but I think what I always try to do is to have you laughing on one page and then crying on the next. That's what I really aspire to do. And then Is This It is um, the next journey of of Ivy um, and it's about big dreams and big love and I guess refusing to settle for a um, half-lived life so she dreams of more she wants more from her life more from her job more well she expects at her age that her life would have gone in a um, in a different direction and um, at the start of the book she feels a bit lost and um she decides to take a leap of faith. Well, I'm making a comment on um, the never-ending pressure that um, is put on women to be a certain thing at a certain point um, in their life and how toxic mm. that is. And that plays out through um, sort of the expectations that are placed on her. Something I found really interesting about reading your books at the same time was um it felt like there were these really rich thing like points of overlap and I guess I wanted to ask you both um so I think something that struck me was um your sort of starting point of this dramatic breakup this thought of breakups and especially sort of in your 30s and this is you know this is a funny books podcast so mm. um, but my <laughs> Funny lands on it. Michelle, are you okay? <laughs> Is everything okay, hon? Are you alright? <laughs> I guess um, those moments of being dumped are brutal, but also very funny. Oh, look, for me, I think I've used. I'm not. I'm not. I don't, I'm not a dweller on the past. I'm not a dweller on really shit times. So I use humour to sort of get over that um, quickly. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think that's probably my writing, and you know, those sorts of things are a reflection of that. Um, you know, being dumped can be really hideous, but I know that in years to come, you you might look back and think actually getting dumped is the best thing that ever happened to me because mm -hmm. where I am now. Mm. Um, Amy's situation at the start of the shelf is, Amy isn't me, she's maybe 75% me, but she's definitely 
I shared her insecurities at the start of the book mm. and that whole fear of the, the panic years in your mm. sort of late 20s, early 30s about everyone else getting married apart from me. Yes. Um, you know, and if I if I'm if I now suddenly find myself single, I'm going back to the start, I get left behind. Um, and yeah, I suppose in my late 20s, like Amy, I, I went through a bad breakup. Um, Laura Ephron that said that if you uh, it was in her book um, Heartburn said if you if you can't turn heartache into comedy then what's the point and I'm like a fundamental a believer in that. it is isn't it it's, I'm a fundamental yeah. believer in that um, yeah. yeah I think we both have uh, Heli uh, uh, that horror breakup story <laughs> um, I did a creative writing course when I was about 24 so that was 10 nearly 11 years ago what um yeah and um I um but um I think like Helly it took kind of a uh quite a life-changing thing to happen to me um to really to get clarity on what I wanted to write about and why um I was engaged I called off that engagement that was pretty brutal um I went very quickly into a new relationship um where we were both all wrong for each other mm. um I was desperate to cling on because I thought I can prove to somebody I can prove to people and also myself that I made the right choice and I know what I'm doing and I'm in control of my life where the reality was wildly wildly <laughs> um, um no, that's exactly well not exactly because you were brainy enough to get out of the engagement mm. I wasn't I just went through with the marriage and I was like mm. Easier to get divorced than cancel the wedding. <laughs> I mean, no, but um, it's I know, I know, like that. That is your thinking. It's like, well, I planned it, so I might as well because mm. things could change as well. It could, yeah, yeah, it could get better. Um, yeah. But then I jumped straight into a relationship with another, someone else, yeah. far too soon, and also wild and inappropriate. Yes, so, yeah, and that just and stayed with him for way too long. Yes. Just again because I didn't want to be single. Yeah. So yes, when the relationship that was completely all wrong ended, I honestly, for the first time, I had a clarity of vision when it came to my writing that, that I haven't previously had. And I just wrote, like I channeled all the chaos in, in my head into Ivy. And um, that breakup scene in uh, chapter two, when I say it's very close to real life. I mean, it's very <laughs> close to real life. It sounds like you wanted to write about this this topic of breakups mm. and of being single in your 30s and of what that feels like. And humour was a way of sort of trying to cope, <laughs> like cope with it, both for the characters and like for writing it. Uh, Hannah, you described it as a comedy and that's so great. I, I love that as, as a term and I, I suppose... Um, maybe we should have that conversation about um genre now or sort of where you see your books this is, I think is sometimes a really interesting question and sometimes a really unhelpful question that people sort of get very worried about um I think it's also something that I, I expect both of you have thought about quite a lot or had to think about quite a lot so um Hannah you you call it a comedy that, mm. that's great what what led you to think actually that is the best term for this I think I think it is a dark comedy um I think broadly would it would be described as in that brush of commercial women's fiction but what on earth that means I mean who knows like everything is commercial women's fiction it's just that, 
that's quite a vague terminology, isn't it? Um, yeah. Interestingly, Heli emailed me early and said, can I call um, your novel chick, um, a rom-com? And I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a massive compliment. Well, people get sensitive about uh, this. Well, we that's know. exactly. Some people want to take chiclet and like reclaim it and own yes. it. Some yes. don't want to see it. There's a misconception that you can't be a serious writer if you write chiclet. Um, but, you know, you look at like Barry McFarlane, Sophie Kinsella, Jojo Moyes, they're not sitting there thinking, oh God, I really wish I could be a more serious writer. They're thinking, fuck, I'm fucking awesome. And I'm <laughs> with my genres and I'm smashing life. Like, I think I was um, listening to Barry McFarlane on Hattie Criswell's, Hattie Cressel's, Criswell, Cressel? Cressel, her podcast. Um, and she was saying that like, why does it get such a bad rep? It's such a successful genre. Mm. It makes the publishing industry a fortune. Um, and she was saying, I think one of the missteps of debut authors is they try to be um, um, literary or serious because they think that's going to advance their career, but actually just write the book that you would like to write. I, I always set out to... Wasn't taking an easy option. I wanted to write how I talk. Um, mm. I'm not literary, and I'm not creative writing, writing academic or anything like that. I I write in dialogue, and I, I guess I wanted it. To, I always knew I wanted to write something that was accessible mm. and just sort of a fun, light-hearted read. And I wanted it. I wanted to have fun when I was writing it. So that's probably why I went down that route as well. I again with the shelf. I don't know how to categorize it. Mm. Um, because it's, yes, I, I guess I would call it female-led fiction, mm. feminist fiction. You know, both of them had sort of a twist on the idea of love or romance. So that's why I've always slightly struggled to place them. Yes. Um, mm. And for me, genres, like Hannah, I absolutely adore rom-coms, you know, sitcoms as well. I think mm. I both share a real passion for Parks and Recreation. Yeah, we do! Um, <laughs> But I often like go and give myself a dose of Parks and Rec or a dose of The Office just to get into that mood yes. um, and it, to inspire the tone of the dialogue and the tone of everything. So, you know, I, I don't want to spend my life, you know, watching gothic horrors. So that's how I sort of get in the mood. If I'm going to have a writing session, I might just put an episode of Parks and Rec on. Or, so I love reading, obviously, but I go to shows because they're faster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Office, I probably watch an episode a day still. Um, <laughs> yesterday. Up in the morning. I sometimes listen to it like radio. Pointing <laughs> <laughs> along. Yesterday, the, uh... <laughs> Nora Ephron was always the biggest inspiration for me like she could write about a glass of water and it would be the funniest thing you've ever read and just think the way you wrote about very mundane aspects of what it's like to be a woman but just made it super funny and super relatable and also quite heartwarming um I think that's what I really aspire to do um do you think that the way that you were writing these books were there 
elements of sort of being a woman that you really wanted to write about? What What is it about being a woman that is sort of funny and tragic at the same time? How and why would these books be different if they were male characters? I've been asked a few times uh, whether I would do a sequel to The Shelf, but the male version of the show. And I'd, I'd, I couldn't because I, I'd, you know, I do write male characters, but I find it quite hard to really get under their skin and, mm. and write from the male perspective. So my answer then was, I would partner up with a male author to do that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the hero of male character in the couple, um, Ben, mm. um, is kind of like the perfect man for me. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I don't really write from their perspectives. I think it would be difficult for me to do that because I just wouldn't know how to tell their story. Mm. I find I can only really write from a female perspective and probably a female who's gone through the experiences I've gone through. Mm. Um, I think that's, it's, it's this confidence thing, right? Yeah. So that, that's, that's probably would be my answer to that. I, I'm not sure I can write from a male perspective, but mm. maybe that's a bit limiting. I just, I just am drawn to women on the emotional edge. Maybe I'm on the emotional edge and that's why I am. I think we've all been pushed to our edge. And I think when you read or see a character, a female character like that in TV, it makes you feel less alone and less like it's your fault and more that you're being seen, which I think is a really wonderful thing. Like if I think of female characters like uh just in tv um Fleabag mm. I hate Susie like women living on the periphery um I think like a lot of us feel that way mm. I'm not drawn to people who are happy in their <laughs> group, um and whose yeah. life is fulfilled that's not all that interesting I mean sorry I am in real life obviously but <laughs> not, there's no tension that that mm. does not excite me at all um I think like Helly, I don't think I would have the confidence to write from a male perspective. Um, I'd love to be able to. Um, I think what I try to do with the male characters in my books is just to give them a perspective. I think a lot of the time, male characters don't add any value. They're just- um, In life. Yes, in life. (laughs) professionally personally everything um yeah to give them a point of view and to make sure that they call the female protagonist um you know up on their shit Mm. I think that's important so with Ivy like her grandfather was absolutely that I had to be careful in the shelf during the editing process because at one point like 100% of the men in that book were dreadful yeah Yeah. ask you about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Add some, add a, add a couple of nice ones. Mm, the mm. sensitive songs. Yes, yeah. I think that's so easy to do though. And with my first couple of drafts of Ivy, like Jamie was too bad, and you he needs they need to be mm. fully formed and well rounded because that's what's relatable, right? Um, mm-hmm. But there's a danger of particularly someone who has wronged, you know, a man who has wronged the the female it's very easy to just put them in a box of you are evil and wrong mm-hmm. and these are all your horrible personality traits but actually that's not super relatable um mm-hmm. but it is very fun <laughs> <laughs> what are you writing next you, you both mentioned sort of next book yes, i'm working on a third book 
um, working title starts with the. So big surprise. Great series. <laughs> Love it. Number. It's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess uh, the book is about crossroads. Very nice. Yeah. Um, are you? What stage are you at? Are you? Um, are you at planning stage or? Yeah, very early planning stage. Yeah. Is that a stage you enjoy? I love uh, planning stage. It might be actually my favourite stage. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite methodical in my process. So I map out every chapter in an Excel spreadsheet and say what's going to happen. And um, I, I'm a planner. I don't just write all it and invariably changes, especially mm. when it's sent to the editors and they write back and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> changes then um but no I like mapping out what's going to happen and you know the post notes on the wall makes me feel like a real writer yeah and what about you Hannah oh it's about the sort of different personalities we create for ourselves to fit into certain situations so mm. it's a dark comedy because that's what I write um I'm writing the first person because that's what comes naturally to me I've written about four chapters so about 6,000 words so I'm, I'm the very sort of early early stages um and I did a writing course at um Haber Academy and we still meet every two weeks and mm. we critique each other's work now I haven't sent anything to them since since Is This It, which was about seven months ago. And I sent it to them last week and we're critiquing it tomorrow night. And I am literally having sleepless nights, but it's like, oh. that's not me being- What a great resource to have. That's yeah. It's such a good resource to have. Yeah. And you know what? It's one of those things where um, if I didn't have them, I would be at a loss really, because it's a really good, mm. honest mm. conversation. And- I mean, obviously it's brutal because eight people, eight very smart people are critiquing your work. Like I already had, had an email from one of them today just saying, yeah, not really sure about your character. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good feedback. Love it. So it's obviously like, it's really soul destroying, but also it's so important, like for me to show my work to people. Um, do you have, and you have to critique other people's work. Yeah, I mean, you don't have it's to. It's scary as well. It is really scary. It's better to be the dumpy or the dumper. Oh, exactly, exactly. It's hard, but it's necessary, I think. Mm. Um, this is why I can't read reviews is because, mm. you know, one person's favorite novel of a lifetime is another person's most hated. It's so, subjective yeah. I think one of the tricky things is with any writing group or with any feedback is to just know when you're right and they're wrong and that takes a lot of confidence and skill I'm definitely not there yet in the couple when I when I first wrote it I had to delete 50,000 words <gasps> oh my god that's actually making me feel anxious yeah. why did you do that because I just realised how shit it was. Oh, Helly, that is so oh, destroying. It was. <laughs> Did you one go? Did you just sit down and go, Pfft. Yeah, I honestly, I reached, it was something like chapter 30, 31 or something. And I just suddenly sat, honestly, I sat back and I thought, I hate this book. Mm. So I hate the characters, I hate her, I hate her. And I, um, yeah, I just I decided to start again. Such a brave move. Mm. That's an amazing move, that is. Yeah. Yeah, 
but then you know then the editing process happens and you kind of write a new book anyway yeah, yeah. you are yeah it's very true <laughs> yeah, so I wrote a couple of few times um, yeah yeah that's very true yeah. isn't it what do you think is the last thing to change for you is it sort of peppers of jokes is it um, character elements adding more descriptions hundred mm. <laughs> percent <laughs> yeah me too sort of sense check it comes back and says like no idea what season it is what a hair color is yeah what a sheet like awesome. yeah <laughs> like oh, okay but add some detail there so that's <laughs> and then some, sometimes at like 2 a.m i'll be like i had a funny one with the sense check i call them a sense checker i don't know actually what the titles are but um going through and i'd put and i'm a new mum my baby's four months old so i have no idea what i'm doing and um i'd put in one of the paragraphs that um oh i've wiped you know i wiped your bottom until you were seven years old and the sense checker was like you don't wipe your seven years old you stop when they're like two and i'm like do you may i um i asked you both to recommend uh, a, a witty book mm, obviously the shell because it's <laughs> now I have to say you now <laughs> no you don't uh, no um um Emma Jane Unsworth is an author who I love um and uh I think she's incredibly witty mm. and incredibly clever in the way that she writes about the pressures on women and kind of um millennial women in particular and that sort of Instagram society. Uh, I'm going to recommend The Summer Job by Lizzie Dent. I don't know if either of oh, you have read that. No, I haven't. Got it on my shelf. Unexpected little twists everywhere and I love the lead character. She's mm. almost someone you might love to hate because she's got her sort of weak flaws and um, downfalls and stuff but it was just a really fun story set in Scotland. Oh awesome. Um, it's um it's lovely for sort of feeling that you're going on a little holiday as well because mm. the character sort of goes up to this lovely Scottish yeah. loch <laughs> and amazing beautiful hotel and full of yeah. wine and food isn't it yeah and you feel exasperated with her at times but um yes. but she's also lovable she's like a lovable rogue she's great yes oh awesome you're constantly going no don't do that you <laughs> idiot <laughs> yeah. I was going to say idiot <laughs> but um yeah no great great book. Thank you for your recommendations. Thank you for coming on. I feel like I've been eavesdropping on, on besties catching up, which is really <laughs> lovely. So thank you for letting me be part of that. I've loved it. Thank you so much. I'm going to go and um, have a G&T, I think. Yay! Thank you so much. That was really, really fun. Thanks, Lily. Thanks, Lily. Thank you to Hannah for getting in touch with me and to Heli for agreeing to join us. Their two books each are all available to order slash pre-order now and links are in the podcast bio. Thank you, a humble listener, for spending some of your precious time on earth listening to this. Um, now that you're here and you've made it through to the end, you might as well finish the job. Subscribe, leave a comment about how much you liked it, tag me in nice messages on social media, uh, that would just make you feel really good about yourself and me even more so. If you'd like to recommend a book or a guest for Whitlit, um, please let me know on Twitter at Lily underscore Linden or Instagram at Bookie Book Bookface. Uh, see you soon.